Welcome to the Deep Roots Podcast. My name is Lance Enerson, and it is my mission to help heal your human beingship through physiotherapy, breath, movement, and discomfort. I wanted to take a second to remind you guys that the Breathwork uh, program is available. The easiest way to get on this is to just go onto my Instagram, which is lance.enerson underscore DPT. And in the link there in the bio, you can sign up for the Breathwork program. Remember, this is a super low barrier to entry because I want as many people as possible to start uh, experiencing the benefit of Breathwork in both their um, movement practice and however it is their training, but also in just everyday life because it does make a difference in the way that you feel and the way that you perform. And if you would be so kind, go to where it is you listen to podcasts and leave a review, preferably a five-star review if you have found anything valuable in these conversations that I've been having with myself or uh, with the people that I've been interviewing. The more feedback that I get, the more I can spend time on this project, bringing you um, more information from different experts, as well as diving deeper into those subjects that I find absolutely fascinating, like human beingship. I absolutely love the conversation of human beingship, and I wanna keep having that conversation as much as I can with the most interesting people that I can find. So. Go on, leave a review, share this podcast with three friends that you know will absolutely love it or find value in the conversation that we're having. And without any more ado, I will get you to the show today. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Deep Roots Podcast. Today, I am here with Ben Walker. And Ben is somebody that I met through uh, the Strong Coach, which is essentially a coaching mentorship program that was created by um, Mike Bledsoe. And I just, I, I felt like I connected with Ben really well when we were going through the Strong Coach program just because of the way that he portrayed himself and that he was just very willing to go out and to do the work and to jump in head first to, um, to what he was doing and to the things that he, he wanted to do and the things that he wanted to accomplish. And so I respected that a lot. And it's been cool just to watch the things that he's doing online and um, the ways that I've, I've been able to observe him to, to grow from, from a distance, if you will. And that's been really awesome. And I just, I wanted to talk to him about human beingship because I love that whole concept. And I think that he uh, is going to have some really amazing insights that could help a lot of people just because of the, the way that he's, he's approaching life. So Ben, welcome, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for having me. I'm psyched to be here. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to be awesome. So, uh, human beingship kind of a made up term. I think, I don't know. I, I might've heard it somewhere, but I love it. And so we're all words. Great. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, well, what comes to, to mind for you? Uh, what comes up when you hear the phrase human beingship? Human being, I do. I really like that word. That's a great way. That's a great word to use. Um, human beingship. I think for me, it's recognizing that we are an animal. I think often because we're we're an animal that knows it's an animal, we think we're somehow above being an animal. <laughs> so, like, like a human beingship really is almost 
to me sounds more like a like a humbling thyself term it's like you're not you're not god like mm-hmm. you're basically you're you're a monkey who has you're a monkey with an imagination <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's certain rules of nature that we're still beholden to like it you know you you like you'd like to think you can just sit around on the couch all day and eat pizza but like we have to move just as much as a chimpanzee just has to move just as much as a lion has to move. We have to eat the right things just like they do. Uh, we've got a lot of the same needs. So really when I hear human beingship, it sounds to me like, yeah, like the, like hum, humble thyself and recognize that the human being is an animal first. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, uh, and you did not disappoint. I, I knew that you'd have a, an interesting take on that. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, I mean, as, as a question I ask everybody that I have on, on the podcast, like what, what does that mean to you? And, and people have some really interesting views on it. And for me, just like to put it simply, it's, it's leveraging adaptation, right? Like we have adaptation just like everything else in this world, but we get to choose how we adapt. We're like, okay, I can mm-hmm. stay, I can go, I can live with it. I can change it. And I think that your take on that with it being like, you know what, we, we're not that far removed from everything else that's just living day by day. And to, to remember that, I think that that's, that's something that a lot of people would do well to incorporate into their view, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with that, I, I really enjoy your perspective on a lot of the things that, that we've talked about in the past. Um, probably because it's, it's different than, than my own. And if you wouldn't mind, I think it would be awesome if you'd share kind of your, your journey from the, the man of the theater to the man of the mace. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, so I started doing theater when I was eight. I saw my, my sister do a show and thought, hey, that looks like fun. So I did, it. I did one the next year and I was hooked. Um, so much so that that's what I went to, to college for. I, I got a, a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Musical Theater from Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what, it was, I'd always been an active kid. I was what my mom called a spirited child, <laughs> uh, which is a great book, Future Parents, Raising Your Spirited Child. If you've got a kid who's really energetic like me, hit that book up. It'll, it'll be, it's really good. Uh, <laughs> So like my, my initial outlet for all that energy really was sports. And and the thing was, I was never really that great at any of them. Um, but I still really loved playing them. So then when it, when it was getting to the, the point of, of deciding what I, what I wanted to do in college, like theater was a natural choice because that, that was really how we learned to the spiritedness mm-hmm. because like being a spirited child, I, it was a lot of Ben. Oh my God, Ben, you're yelling, Ben, shh, quiet down, stop running, sit here. It's <laughs> nap time, but I want to play with the dinosaurs, but it's nap time. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that was my, I was homeschooled as well. So that was my one preschool experience was everyone wanted to play nap, wanted to nap. And I wanted to play with the dinosaur toys. Uh, and then it was like in college, was when I really seriously started working out uh, because I figured, well, I'm an actor. I got to look good. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't want to see a, 
chubby, chubby, like not, not chubby, not shrimpy kid to someone in the middle. Like, <laughs> that's not, that's not castable. Um, <laughs> at least for the, for the kind of things that I wanted to do. Like if, if I, like I was already the kind of person who would play Gaston in a show. So like, well, I gotta, I gotta look the part now. Um, <laughs> And through that was when I, like, as I started to get deeper into that, I decided I wanted to get a personal training certification. Um, and I did that while I was on the road with Beauty and the Beast, understudying Gaston, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> and that, show, that show was basically my life for, for four years after, after college, doing it on the road in different, <laughs> different regional houses. Um, and then it was, it was during that time... Uh, while I was on tour that I was first shown the mace, mm-hmm. we went to, or actually no, we went, so we went to this gym in Boston. Uh, we met the gym owner, Jeff Butterworth is gym's RX strength training. If anyone's around there, dope spot. Um, and I knew immediately, like, I have to learn from this guy because I've been training people in the show in like pretty casually. And I was re- recognizing even then, like, I don't really, all I did was read a book and take a test. I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> like these, sure. These workouts might work, but like, I wouldn't want to do them. These, yeah. these workouts are so boring. How do I, I got to spice this up. Um, so after the show closed, I spent a month apprenticing under Jeff at his gym. And one day I was like, Hey, what's that weapon thing hanging on the wall? And he said, this is a steel mace. Do you want to try it? <laughs> <laughs> and I was hooked immediately, like going home to my Airbnb, dreaming about, daydreaming about what I was going to do with the mace. Uh, and I got, I was diving deeper into that um, while still auditioning, still working as an actor. And then I hit this, I hit a really rough audition season. Audition season in New York is generally like February to April ish when auditions get really intense. Um, and I had this, this one experience it was a show I really, really wanted. And it was a dance audition. So I went in, we did the dance and I knew the associate choreographer and I saw him, I did, I did the dance. I went and I saw him say something to the director and the director wrinkled his nose, shook his head and said, no. And then looked right at me. Oh man. Like, oh, yeah. damn it. <laughs> so that like, Oh, that was, that was the worst. I can't like, I can't remember the last time I was that just not even just angry, just emotion. I could, I couldn't even label, label it with an emotion. And that's kind of started, um, kind of like a, a disenchantment with theater mm-hmm. and, and, and a lot of the way the business worked, I was recognizing areas where it was really out of alignment for what I wanted. Yeah. Um, and I did manage to book a good chunk of work, but then the whole time I was there, even though I was working at like one of the theaters I was working at, I've been like idolizing this theater since I was in college. And I was realizing that I was feeling like I was missing out on fitness things. Gotcha. Like there, of course, on it took their steel mace to New York city after I left for these gigs <laughs> figures, yeah, of figures it, it works that way. Uh, and it was like, I was recognizing, well, if I'm, if I'm living the dream right now, then why do I feel like I'm missing out on stuff? Yeah. The dream doesn't and, feel very good. Exactly. And I, what I realized was I was living a dream, but it wasn't necessarily mine. Mm-hmm. 
because when you're like growing up, when you're doing community theater, like people are like, oh my gosh, okay, you do you, you want to be on Broadway, don't you? Like you're oh, when you're on Broadway, it's gonna be I can't wait to say I knew you when, you know, when you're on Broadway. So you just hear that over and over and over again. It's like, well, I I, I guess. guess that's what my dream is. <laughs> um and that was that was the thing is I recognized, oh, this isn't mine. This is a dream for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but the dream, like, it's, you know how you say like, well, you have to choose all of it. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that I realized I didn't want to choose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the juice like, wasn't worth the squeeze anymore. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. I'd like bust my ass at auditions to get these gigs. And then like, be just as artistically starved as when I was unemployed. <laughs> and it's like, well, this isn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so then that was, and during that time, um, was when the strong coach was getting started mm-hmm. and I, and I signed up for it. I, I had, I had exactly as much as it cost in my savings account. <laughs> it was exactly how much money I had. Uh, and signed up for it. And it's been, uh, it's been like riding on a rocket ship since it's been a crazy experience. And there's been so much both per- personal, personal growth. Really. It's mostly been the personal growth because all the other things come out of that. Yeah. Like you, you change changing the person you are, then, then changes your, your trajectory and what you get from those things. Oh yeah. Uh, and then you messaged me on Instagram and said, Hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I think that's a really interesting, just like the, the whole thing of like you, you do this thing since you're eight and you're working towards um, this. I don't know if you'd say it's like a status, but like a, a, a level of participation in an industry that you've had a lot of passion about for a long time. And what I think is interesting is that you did that for so long. And then when you when you found that thing that, that, uh, I guess ignited from that spark for you is like, Oh, all right, I'm done. I'm going to turn this, I'm going to switch directions. And for me, like that, that story, that pivot right there, that demonstrates some uh, pretty on point human being ship from my perspective, because it's like, it's not that whole, like, or how was it like the, the sunk cost fallacy of like, well, I did this for so long. I invested so much. That means I have to keep doing this thing this way. When you're like, Nope, time for time for this other thing, because that's, that's what I'm feeling. That's what, that's what I, that's what I got to go for. And so that, that to me was like, that's a really cool story. And I, I think it shows up, shows really well kind of who you are and, and what you're actually valuing. So that, that was awesome. And the thing too with that is with, with that sunk cost uh, thing, what I, one of the things I recognize is like when you're preparing for, to audition for musical theater programs, most people start preparing the material like a year in advance. So I basically made the, made my choice to be a professional actor when I was 16. And how many decisions that you made when you were 16 do you, would you stand by today? <laughs> that's a good point. So I, that's the thing. It was like, I'm, why am I holding on to the advice of this 16-year-old who doesn't know anything? <laughs> that's a good and point. I, I had a really cool experience recently where a guy I went to high school with, uh, he's in Frozen on Broadway. He just made his Broadway debut. 
super psyched for him. And I was, I went and saw it and I was, I had this moment looking at the program and I was feeling all this, this resistance and this kind of like anger of like, why are these people here? And I'm not. And then I recognized, Oh my gosh, my ego wanted to be on Broadway. Yeah. I, I didn't care about being on Broadway. Uh-huh. My ego wanted it. And I made that realization. I was immediately relaxed. You're like, Oh, it's like, Oh, Oh, it's that, it's the, that part of me that's not very useful that wanted to be there. Ah, I see. <laughs> right. Right. It's, yeah, and I was, I was immediately then able to calm down and just and and be there and support my friend living his dream. Yeah, yeah, and then that's that's awesome. Like that's, I think that that's one of the, like the cool things that that shows too of like that you actually end up doing the right thing, right? It's not like, oh man, I should have I should have stayed. I should have stuck with it. Now I hate myself. But it's like, oh no, this is great. I can I can celebrate with somebody else. So yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So. For for you, since you spent so much time in theater, and I this become I I feel like it's abundantly clear in uh, like your online stuff, like the content that you put out. That you, theater has very much influenced the way that you approach your coaching mm-hmm. and just fitness in general. So talk talk a little bit about that. How has theater and that time you spent, you know, in theater affected the way that, that you interact with people and all, all that good stuff? What the biggest thing that it, that helps that it helps with is is being entertaining, because mm-hmm. a, a lot of the times now, like sure, some people are coming to to take to do fitness classes or ses- personal pre- training sessions. Some of them are coming for goals. They like you know lose X amount of weight, lift X amount of weight. Some people are coming though because it's fun. Mm-hmm. And, and being able to put on a show for those people where, where they're entertained while they're working out has been one of the things I find I've, I've found most effective in, in getting people to want to come back. Mm-hmm. So people have a much more enjoyable experience, the more entertained they are. Cause really, especially some of the places I've worked, like I've been working at Mark Fisher fitness Mm-hmm. Here in New York City, which is the the gym is called the Enchanted Ninja Club House of Glory and Dreams. <laughs> yeah, it's, that sounds it's, pretty epic. <laughs> our, it's a wild place to work, and it it was founded by Mark Fisher, who's an actor. Mm-hmm. A lot of the trainers used to be actors. A lot of the clientele are actors. So it check. I realized, like especially coaching there, checks a lot of the same boxes. Uh-huh. Where every every class is a show. <laughs> I am putting on a full show every time I coach there. It's a full on production, huh? Yeah, and and two like with coaching, like the parallels because there there are so many boxes, um, like acting boxes that coaching checks is also affecting people, like having that that connection. Because mm-hmm. in theater, like there's no better feeling than than feeling connected with the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, like there, there were so many moments cause I, when I was on tour, I understudied the beast and Gaston in beauty and the beast. So when I wa- went on for the beast and he's got this epic song at the end of act one and it starts. So like I've been running around screaming my head off for like an hour at this point and then had this quiet beginning of this song kneeling center stage. The only light on the stage is on me and it's just me and like, two to 4,000 people mm-hmm. in, in that moment together. 
or, or having a moment where like there, I know there's this joke coming up and I say the line just right. And the audience explodes yeah. with laughter. Like th- those kind of moments were the ones that I lived for. Cause even though I like knew I was putting on a good performance, if the audience wasn't in it with me, it was a lot harder to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, so, there's a lot more give and take than might be observed. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, oh yeah. That's the thing. Like the, you talk about the, like people talk about the 12th man in football. That's definitely, there's another member of every cast of every show and it's the audience. They're mm-hmm. so important uh, to how, to the actor's experience on stage and coaching checks that same box. Like I'm able to have incredibly powerful, intimate moments with people uh where where we have we have a connection and they're able to pour out feelings to me whether it's whether it's a coaching call or a workout and they're they're able to tell me all of these things that they've been keeping bottled up and maybe haven't told anybody mm-hmm. or haven't just haven't voiced yeah. even voiced for themselves so coaching I'm able to have that same connection with people sometimes even on a deeper level uh, that I would while doing a show. Yeah. And that's, I was thinking about that when I was like, all right, what do I want to ask Ben? Like I was thinking about this earlier and like for me, theater, like going, I mean, I was in the wizard of Oz in fifth grade. If that counts. counts. <laughs> Absolutely counts. Uh, Who were you? Uh, I was a munchkin. Of course. Uh, I mean, what, what else are you going to be when you're in fifth grade? You're <laughs> boss, right? <laughs> um, but like of going, going to uh, like some production, like going to some theater thing that it, to me, it feels like when you're going to just to participate in, in, and to watch that it's like you're suspend, you're, you're outsourcing your emotions to the cast for a certain mm. amount of time to go on a journey that's been prepared for you. And I was thinking of like, you know, like, like Ben as a professional actor, if it feels like, or it seems like that that would be something that would, that would flow very naturally into coaching, you know, like later on of like that, Hey, I'm outsourcing experience to you deliver on it. Right. Is that, does that, does that sound crazy or? Oh, Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that, that makes, that makes, I've never, I love, I've never heard it put that way. And that makes a lot of sense. Uh, cause, cause even like similar to that, there's like, there's still the artistic element mm-hmm. of coaching. Yeah. Like even something as simple as creating a workout is, is an artistic outlet. And then that is like, as I'm making this, as I'm making this workout, uh, cause the funny thing is none of my clients come to me with like, I want to lose 10 pounds. Mm-hmm they all come to me to get better with the mace or they come to me to have fun with the mace, which I mean, programming would actually be way easier if they had a goal, like losing 10 pounds. (laughs) They they make my, they make my job much more difficult and much more rewarding, um, by doing that. But that it's the same thing as like, as I'm, as I'm doing this, as I'm making these workouts, I'm thinking like, is, are they going to enjoy this? Mm -hmm. Cause that's what, that's what they're coming to me for. So yeah, like you're saying is like, I'm, I am creating a workout experience for them to have whenever they come and train with me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's particularly true with the mace. Like, I mean, as a physical therapist, right. I'm like, okay, this person hurts. Um, a lot of times I'm exploring other things like 
the reason it hurts so bad is because like you're disappointed in yourself with this thing of X, Y, Z more so than your shoulder actually hurts. Like, but it's a lot more cut and dry than like, here's the mace. We're going to kind of just like, we're going to do some self-expression. We're going to have some fun and like it's a journey get strapped in. And so I, I, I find that really, that really fascinating because it's a little bit outside of my, it's like just on the, that far edge of like, I'm not sure if I understand that hundred percent, but I know it's pretty cool. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And, th- and that's, that's such a good thing where it's like, you know, the, like the pain isn't actually the pain. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like someone, like someone, if someone's like my shoulder hurts, you're like, okay, take a deep breath and their their shoulders go up to their ears like mm-hmm. okay well you don't know how to breathe that's why your shoulder hurts yeah. so it's it's a similar thing of someone like people come in with emotional pain mm-hmm. and they're able to to get that out in by using the steel mace flow practice like there's um some some of the best people um at the mace that like they're have used it as a tool as a practice to heal themselves mm-hmm. of some sort of emotional trauma yeah. or, or, or a depression like that, that when they have that emotional energy, steel mace flow has been the practice that's allowed them to, to work with that energy mm-hmm. as opposed to just sitting there with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I I could definitely agree with that. And again, this is more from an observer standpoint, but like you, you can see it really easily of like, they're like, these people are putting a lot more than just like the movement into it. like, there's, there's a lot more emotional energy being, being channeled into, to what's going on. So that, that's super cool. And like, like I said, that's why I'm talking to you, man. That's why I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, but so we talked about how, you had this theater thing and then we had this coaching thing. There's that overlap. What or how, how is coaching now filling your bucket in a way that theater didn't? Mm, it's a lot more under my control. Mm, okay. Because in, in theater, it's really that like it's gotten the decision is rarely based on talent, whether or not you get cast. Gotcha. It can be, uh, well, we've already used up all our union contracts, so we have to hire non-union actors for this part. Or um, like, well, the guy we hired for this part is this height and you're that height, and that's, those don't really work. So, or, or it could be like, they are hungry and we're in a bad mood when I came in and auditioned. So mm-hmm. they just didn't like it because they were in a bad place. <laughs> so, the, the, and that's, it's so hard to tell yourself that. Uh-huh in the moment, like, you know, you immediately jump to, Oh, what could I have done better? And it's like, been, I've even had this happen where I didn't get called back for something. And a buddy of mine was in the room and he said, yeah, I asked him. And all he did was point to your resume where it said your height was five eleven, And because you weren't six foot, he didn't call you back. <laughs> Seriously. It's like the decision can be, can be that far removed from how good you actually are. Yeah. So that that's, and that's such a, it's such a challenging thing when like all you want to do is, is, is work in this art that you're passionate about and you have so little control over whether you actually get to do it. Mm -hmm. Whereas with coaching, 
I'm I'm able to to create whatever whatever business that I want. So as long, I mean, the the piece that's out of my control is whether or not the clients want to actually sign up and work with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, I'm like the the process of getting them to want to work with me is yeah. part of the coaching. So that I think that that's the biggest thing is that as a coach, I have much more control over myself and how, how I'm able to fully express the things that I'm passionate about than I did with theater. Yeah. That, that makes total sense. Like I, I can't imagine having my entire life hinge off of other people's decisions. Like day by day and then like have a few months in there where you're just like, I have to do all of these things and check all of these boxes. So hopefully somebody might maybe make a decision that is good for me. (laughs) (laughs) Like that, that, that seems just way outside of where, where I'm willing to go. Yeah. You have to love it. Yeah. That's, and that's, and and that's what I was saying earlier about choosing. Mm -hmm. Like, cause when you, when you choose something, it means, you choose it and everything around it, everything yeah. that it has to do with. So I knew that if, if to choose theater meant that I had to choose possibly, you know, if I'm going to take the jobs that I get, sometimes they're not going to be what I want. They're not going to be fulfilling enough, or I have to choose getting sent away because uh, they only wanted to hire local actors and those were things that I, some people can choose and, and good for them if they can. Mm-hmm. Um, there's every, like, if you can choose that, there's everything right with doing that. Uh, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't a choice that was in alignment for me. Yeah. Well, I do. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. <laughs> so something that keeps popping into my head here, and this is kind of like a little bit of a tangent, a little bit of a side step is just that if you heard of the theory of dramaturg, uh, dramaturgical the dramaturgical theory of social interaction what is that for it's basically that like there's it's this framework that we show up that we view life as a stage like a theater stage and we are constantly choosing which character we're showing up as on Mm. on that stage and so it's just like this whole conversation it's like oh he's kind of had like a like backstage and like character flip, <laughs> like, like <laughs> it's like change the jacket and then like put on the mask. And the guy that was the lead just a minute ago that got killed is now the, some backup dude like later on. But I've just that, that whole concept to me is really interesting. Cause like you're talking about this whole, like you're, you're choosing this thing and you choose everything that goes with it that like there's, that's so true in so many other aspects of life because we get to choose the character that we show up as, whether that's a coach, whether that's a brother, you know, a son, just a friend, somebody that's there and willing to listen to, to somebody that, that needs, that needs someone to listen to them. Right. You know, like they might be coming for you because they're like, I want to get in better shape. We'll try this mace thing. That looks fun. But sometimes they need their coach to show up as that person who, who understands them and on more than just like a fat loss level, but actually as, as a person and, and as a friend. So I, I don't know. I was just a little weird tangent there. It's like that, that seems very true in this conversation yeah. that we're having. Well, it goes along with like rec- recognizing that 
that we in humans interpret the world by telling stories about it. Mm-hmm. So what we're always in, we're always there in yeah. that place of, 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 I mean, casting people, putting, mm-hmm. putting people in different, in different roles. And then to like, I, I think about this all the time. There's, there's this, this story that we tell about, Oh, you pick your profession and that's your profession mm-hmm. forever and ever and ever on that. Yeah. And that's, there's no, there's nothing that says that that has to be the case. If you're fortunate enough to to graduate college and know and find what you want to do for the rest of your life, and that is actually what you want to do for the rest of your life, then that's fantastic. But if you're if you're in some something and it and it doesn't feel right, it's scary to mm-hmm. change it, and it's perfectly okay to change it. You you can put on a different hat. You can put on a coaching hat or or we even I, I was down in a I was at a restaurant recently where the, it was and it was an incredible restaurant incredible food and there was a guy who had a corporate gig and was like no I want to own a restaurant so we quit <laughs> and That's started awesome. up a restaurant and turns out he's really really good um so like you 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 can change what character you are at any point yeah uh, I don't know I think I, that that kind of goes back to the whole human beingship thing that we were talking about before too, right? Uh, it's like, well, this isn't the story that I like. I'm gonna rewrite it because I have that. I have the ability to act with some intent, yeah, and and do what I want to do, be what I want to be, right? Because we also we get this idea somewhere, and you hear it in politics a lot when when someone changes their mind. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, they they're a flip flopper. You can't trust what they say because. But then, what if it's well, no, I, I realized that what I said initially was wrong and now I'm saying what I think is right because it was given evidence that shows that what I said before was wrong. <laughs> like, it's like I learned having, something. <laughs> yes. having I think Mar- Mar- Marcus Aurelius says, like, let any man show me that I'm wrong mm-hmm. and I will gladly accept that and change my ways. Yeah, for sure. So too, if, if life shows you that the path you're on is out of alignment with what you actually want, then it's totally okay to change it. Like your, your ego might take a little hit, but that's one, that's a small price to pay for, for like the joy and fulfillment that you can experience when you do find that path that's in alignment. Yes. hundred percent. Love it, man. hundred percent. And you know, Really, I, th- I think that that's what most people are, are looking for in the first place, right? Whether it's confirmation that what they're doing is the right thing, or maybe it's just permission to, to start coloring out outside the lines a little bit so that they can uh, you know, ex- explore a little bit of, of what else is going on. And, and so for, for you as like as a steel coach mace or steel oh my gosh i can't speak today to save my (laughs) steel mace coach who gives people an opportunity to explore um you know kind of artistically and physically uh some 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 different corners that they might not have explored very well i think that that's absolutely amazing and and that that whole movement uh with the mace how that's growing in, in fitness i think that that's you know, it's not something that I've tried yet, but that it's, it's a very positive influence that is going to go a long ways in the fitness industry. So I think that's awesome. 
Yeah, and the big thing with the reason that Steel Mace, especially Steel Mace Flow as a style is is like the reach and and it's it's, it's exploding right now is because and it's the it's an excuse you hear so much it's probably only second to i don't have time for when someone says why they they don't work out it's like well working out's boring <laughs> not anymore <laughs> not anymore not not when you've got a medieval weapon that you can swing around like a crazy badass <laughs> and and like where you're truly only limited by your creativity like there's no wrong way to do it and that's that's the, like the direction i think it's mike mike bledsoe said that the what the, the strong coach is doing for coaching what the steel mace is doing for for fitness in that yeah. it's giving you a medium to create whatever kind of practice you like because with a mace you can grab a really heavy mace and do a bunch of of reps or you can do a choreographed sequence of movements uh, or you can grab a light mace and just and improvise. Throw on throw on your fuck shit up song mm-hmm. and improvise for you know however long until you can't hold on to the mace anymore. And both of those are perfectly legitimate ways to use it. Mm-hmm. And you're with it. You're really you're able to create the exact kind of physical practice that fulfills you and that makes you want to keep coming back. Not nece- not even because of the results you get but because of the intrinsic value of the practice. Mm-hmm. I like that a when lot. You're coming back because like, like, you know, like when you're, when you're a little kid and you're going to play with your action figures, you're not thinking about like the cognitive benefits of playing and, <laughs> and imagination. Like I'm going to work my imagination muscle right now. It's like, Ooh, this is fun. I'm going to, I'm going to make the dinosaur and GI Joe fight. Why not? Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with, I mean, with, with any kind of fitness practice, if you're, if you can't find the thing that we're like, you want to do it just for the sake of doing the activity, like the activity itself is fulfilling, mm-hmm. then, then you're not looking hard enough. Cause there's something that like, even if, if you're, if you're, if high intensity Kegels get you really excited and you can't wait <laughs> to get out of bed, pound your coffee and stand there and do some Kegels, then like, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing for you. It, go for it. it yeah. It, but that, that, that's, and that's the thing that's missing. Cause so many, so many people think that the only thing that's there is, well, you got to do four sets of 10 here and then go over here and do four sets of 10. And after that, do four sets of 10 and then go run on the treadmill for a half hour. I mean, that might work for somebody, but for the person who that doesn't work for, like, that's not the only way. Mm-hmm. There are unlimited ways, even unlimited ways to use. I'm gesturing because there's two steel maces over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, like there are unlimited ways to practice. And then even with the mace, there are unlimited ways for that practice to manifest. So if somebody wants to get started with steel mace, how, how would you recommend or resources or any, any of that stuff? The easiest one is, is find people on Instagram. There's, there's, I put out a lot of educational content. Um, but there's the way that I learned and the way that a lot of us, um, steel mace coaches learned was by watching videos of people and copying them. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, that looks really cool. Or, Oh, I see how, I can use that as a superset with my deadlift. Um, 
like that's how that's how I got to where I was initially because mm-hmm. um, I didn't get certified to teach it for a year after I after I started using it. Okay. So up until then, it was all copying the greats on on Instagram. Um, and what's cool is now there are more resources like the the program that I coach for Steel Mace Flow. Mm-hmm. Steel Check it out. Uh, is we have we teach certifications in steel mace flow. We also have an online program. So that's, that's a resource that's out there as well. And there's, there's going to be so more, so much more, because even on is working on an online certification for all their tools. Mm-hmm. So there's steel, steel mace flow is the main online resource that I know of. Um, and there's, there's tons of others. Um, and there's only going to be more as this, as this tool spreads. Gotcha. Is there anything that you would say that people should avoid with if they're going to start picking up a mace? Um, mm. They should just be like, eh, maybe not the greatest idea. Um, avoid, avoid thinking you do all the, you got to do all the crazy ninja shit right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Because the, like, I, I mean, Leo, Leo, your key, this is the, the guy who created steel mace flow. He even talked about like, yeah, I did, I did, squats with the mace until I couldn't hold on to it anymore. And then I would pretend I would put the mace down and pretend I had a mace in my hands and I'd keep doing squats. So he, and he does some of the most ridiculous mind bending stuff with a mace that you've ever seen. And it all started with, well, here are a bunch of squats and then do a bunch. Oh, I can do a bunch of presses. Oh, I can do a lateral lunge. Oh, I can do that too. Is, is starting simple. Because it makes it makes sense to want to do all the flashy stuff, mm-hmm. but all of that flashy stuff is built on the foundation of squats and presses and rows, like all of those things. So, to and avoid avoid jumping to the crazy stuff by starting simply is what I would say, and also av- avoid thinking, "Oh, well, I got to get the heaviest mace," <laughs> because that's. People like people have asked me like, "Oh, how heavy is that?" I was like, "Oh, that's the wrong question." Because <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'll put you on the floor with ten pounds. I recommend that everyone, no matter how strong you are, start with a ten pound mace. Okay. Because you're and you will be you will be humbled quite quickly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll have to get me a ten pound mace then. Do it. Awesome, man. Well, this conversation has been been exactly more than I expected. <laughs> Always perfect. Always exceeding expectations, Ben. So where can, where can people find you? Uh, so I'm on Instagram at built underscore by underscore Ben built by Ben. That's me. Um, if you're, and I, I do in-person coaching and online coaching and there's a, there's a link in my Instagram bio for a discovery call. If anyone wants to, if anyone's curious about any of the things I talked about and wants to learn more. Um, and then also check out steelmaceflow.com because we do online and then we also do in-person certifications that I travel around with the team and teach. So we uh, love to meet any, any of the listeners of a fine podcast like this <laughs> at a Steel Mace Flow certification. <laughs> Perfect. And what if you don't meet him at a Steel Mace? Still, I can't even say it today. What if you don't meet him? <laughs> You want I'll to give him a, gr- I'll give him a great big <laughs> high five or hug. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> awesome. So I just one last question for you. And we'll wrap it up. If there is somebody that is wanting to take a sharp turn in their life, kind of like you did with 
changing trajectory um, from you know theater to to coaching. What what would you tell? What pe- one piece of advice would you give them Ooh. right now? You can't be careful on a skateboard. <laughs> Perfect. Because <laughs> it's bound. <laughs> yes. Well, if you think about like a, like a skateboard, you have to go fully into it. If you're gonna if you're gonna go off a jump, you have to jump. If you're going to hit that really tight turn, you have to lean way the hell far out mm-hmm. on that on that board to get it to actually go around. And if you if you're timid about it, odds are you're actually going to fall and hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. So, if you know deep down in your soul that the path you are on right now is not the right path, then take a head first leap into into the unknown because also here's and because this is the thing that that helped the most is i was on a phone call initial phone interview with mark fisher about joining the team there and he asked so what's the state of your career right now your acting career and i was like well i'm gonna scale back on the auditions and only audition for stuff that's really inspiring to me he's like okay because we don't really want people who are going to leave town for gigs and i and i went oh Okay. So like, I realized then that like, that was when really I had to make the choice to stop auditioning. The thing is though, it's Broadway's right there. All the auditions are still happening. It's not going anywhere. Exactly. So, and and guaranteed if, if someone who's listening to this is in that same spot, whatever path you're leaving, you can come right back to it. It's probably still there. So exploring something else doesn't mean, Oh, well no, now this is the path I'm on. Because that that path, you can hop on and off of it whenever whenever you feel it's right to do it. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you need to make a hard left, make the hardest left you can, and recognize you can also turn around and go and go right, or you can turn around and go back on the path that you were doing. Like all of those options are still available to you. Awesome. And and do it face first. Do it face first. <laughs> Yes, it's good. It's good to know where you're going. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and fail, fail face first. Fail if face you fail, first. Congratulate yourself, and and move on. That is most likely going to be the tagline that I have on the Instagram post to promote this podcast. <laughs> yes. Fail face first. <laughs> fail face first. Love it. <laughs> awesome. All right, man. This has been a great conversation. So I that was great. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time. And I know even more people are going to be pumped on the mace and Hell yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Lance. Man, that was a great conversation with Ben. I'm so grateful that he took the time to sit down with me and talk about his journey and his love for the steel mace. And I find that it's just a fascinating tool for fitness and self-expression and how it just really ties a lot of that humanity back into um, back in, back into fitness and makes it not so sterile. So if you are interested in getting in to uh, you know, swinging mace, definitely look Ben up. He is a great resource. He puts out a lot of really cool educational content on the steel mace. So use your Instagram for something useful and stop just scrolling and go learn something cool about the steel mace. You can follow him. Remember it is built by Ben with underscores between the words. Thanks again for taking the time to listen to this conversation and have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you.